Welcome, Nomads, to the Hodgecast, a journey through food, travel, and music, where we will feature a special guest from our circle of friends in the music scene. We talk about our travels, their story, and share a meal, the most common language in the world, food. I am your host, Freddie. And I'm Philip, podcasting live from beautiful West Anaheim, California at Doll Hut Studios. Hello! Yasas, parev, marhaba, hola! This is our second show, and we're excited to have our good friend, longtime Orange County show promoter, and our studio partner and owner of the world-famous Doll Hut, Michael S. McGarvey. Welcome, Michael S. McGarvey. Hello, hello. A.K.A. Uh, Big Mac, A.K.A. Michalis. 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 This is your Greek name. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, sir, and yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, running around, as usual. Yes, yes, absolutely. We're sitting now, so we're not running and podcasting, but... So, Mike, we've known each other for a while now, maybe six years, I think. Six or so years. I just met this dude in the green room. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, we have a green room? No, I'm just kidding. We met in the alleyway. Yes. And, that makes uh, more sense. It makes sense. I mean, we know each other, but a lot of people in the scene, they know who you are as a person, but they don't really know anything about your life. You're a mystery. Okay. You are a, a huge mystery to the world. And part of our show is to talk about people's journey through life. Understood. So let's start from the beginning. Oh, God. Yep. Where were you born? You know, uh, your family background. What sticks out the most uh, as far as who you are from your past to now? That's like five questions. So Yeah, you know, answer um, like a politician. Good luck. I was born (laughs) and raised in Long Beach, California, which is a semi-large beachside community that's fairly close to where we are now. Long Beach. The LBC. All right. What was the second question, sir? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, where was your mother from? Where is your father from? My mother was born on an Air Force base in Guam. Oh, I didn't, my, I didn't even know that. Yeah, because my grandfather was in the Air Force. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's travel right there. We're, already, we're, we're ahead. Yeah. She grew up. She lived in. He was stationed in Japan as well as Hawaii. And then he was finally stationed here uh, in Long Beach when they had they had a naval base there for many years so uh what would you say your your cultural background is and how do you connect my to cultural it? background yes. well my cultural background is american american are you talking about my ancient european ancestry well it's not that ancient but yeah well probably. okay you know it's not that ancient but, um mostly irish i'm part french um i am also very small portion cherokee indian um, but mostly Irish. Are are there things in about your background that shape who you are as a person now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the events of everyone's life shapes who they are now. Can you think of certain... Like, what's the one thing that like you connect the most, connected to that, and I, or that, you, that, that comes up the most for you? Like life turning point? Or, yeah, or like a know. daily thing, or one, you know, it's a thing that like, even though I know people, you know, don't sometimes don't relate to their background, their you know cultural thing, but well, yeah, I mean, there isn't really a cultural thing for. Um, it could be food or you know stuff sure. that you do or I don't know. Yeah, you know, music was always been a huge part of my life, even yeah. as a young child. Your parents you know, are musical at all, or well, one of the positive things that my mother contributed to my early childhood was love of music. So there was always music in the house. Uh, Which is know, very important. CCR, Led Zeppelin, Bob Seger, Bad Company, Free. 
Were you classic? Was it records records purple. back then a lot, or was it radio? Oh yeah, radio? everything was vinyl. I think I remember my mom had a car with an eight track in it, but I was very young. So cassettes were the next big thing when I was little. And uh, but yeah, a lot of vinyl in the house. Is there uh, any uh, like? You know, Italians have a lot of uh, superstitions. So do the Greeks. So do the right. almost Arabs and most Mediterranean people. Right. Was there anything like that in your household? No, the Irish just drink. Right, they, didn't they? <laughs> Takes care of everything, I think. That's, is that the... Uh, yeah, <laughs> we just, uh, as a cultural people, Irish Americans have a tendency to uh, drink. Drink, and yeah, the, I mean, you know. So when was the first time you drank? When was the first time I tasted alcohol? Yes. It was like eight. Did you get drunk at eight? Nah. Was it like a, like official with the family, or was it like no, secret? No, no, it was like oh, you know. one of my stepdad's friends like snuck me at Budweiser, and then I didn't even want it. You know what I mean? It was you like just... a weird thing, <laughs> you know. But I mean, I got into a lot of trouble, I guess. Like what? We were. Uh, oh, come on now. I'm, um, I'm interviewing you. You can ask. Well, no, you know. I mean, as like as a young child, I remember we would had an older. Uh, brother or one of the people in the neighborhood who would write notes so that we could go to the liquor store and buy cigarettes for our quote-unquote parents yes oh yeah nice with a note that's, with a that's note. official yeah, in cyprus dude, you don't even need a note dude but, i'm totally yeah. dating myself but this is back when you could do this shit <laughs> and uh we would hide behind the bushes and fucking smoke cigarettes and shit, so yeah that's, that's cool. like 12 years old no 15 9 10. 9 wow it's way off maybe 10 that's early yeah wow yeah I got to it early. By the time I was 12 or 13, definitely by 13, I was already imbibing substances and. Just like all know, the way in? Doing what? No. Okay. I mean, how far in can a 13 year old be? But, I don't know, Long Beach. You, I don't you know. You never know. <laughs> I was pretty deep, but, sh- you know, still just a kid. But And you were you were in school, obviously, that whole time? You, f- you finished. Yeah. So well, I were actually, you a bad kid at school? Yeah, I went to five different high schools. We know so, some people like that. Right. Yeah. Huh. I actually um, dropped out of high school and then ended up going to college. And I probably shouldn't finish the story, but I did go to college. Tell us more. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's enough. Of that. What was the reason that made you drop out of high school? Uh, I was, like, you know. Was it like a thing? You didn't give a shit. I didn't care. Yeah. You were, what were you doing uh, like on a daily basis in high school? Um, dealing lots of drugs and smoking lots of pot. Yeah, that'll give you know, That was a regular thing. Classic dropout story. I played, well, I played football oh, yeah. um, for my freshman and then part of my sophomore year. And then I ended up switching to another high school. They wanted me to play football there. And I was like, no. You just decided not to? You just going no, to I was like full long hair, oh, Megadeth. Oh, you, you turned know. into metalhead is what you're right, saying. yeah. I've never seen a picture of you with long hair. You had long hair. There is some. I'm actually going to bring some back. All right, good. Go. All right, so, nice. Good, 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 good. I'm interested so. to see that. All right, so uh, obviously it sounds like you've done some things when you were I, young. I haven't really done a whole lot. No. I'm sure there's people. I, I mean, depends on who you talk to, but uh, there's a lot of people who who do that in high school and college, and they do all the heavy drugs and right. they do all the bad decisions, and at some point. They they turn their life around. I'm not saying right. I'm not saying you're an angel. No, I I'm not saying that. But I'm saying is how do you get out of that rut? I would call it a rut. I think but. part of it is that I just grew up. 
You know what I mean? Did it happen like uh, gradually? Did you wake up one day or did you make a decision? No, it wasn't even anything like that. You know how some like people that have drug problems and alcohol problems, they, you know, they hit rock bottom, something happens, they yes. dramatically turn their life around. I, it wasn't like that for me. I think I just kind of grew up. And then sometimes I still need to learn certain lessons. I'm you know, always even, learning. Even now. You know what I mean? So, but no, I don't. So what, what, so high school like dropout and then, but then you went to college. So I was at college. How did that turn? To, how did because you? I wanted to be a recording engineer. That's cool. So I went to the program at Long Beach City College when it was still there. They don't longer have the program, but really good program. Yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, I was able to get my certifications and everything and. How many bands you have? You recorded how many? Have you recorded bands? Like, oh yeah, I recorded a lot of bands. How many? Like rough? Yeah, thirty. That's cool. Forty maybe. Yeah. You know, most of them were school projects and shit that I needed to do. Right. A certain way. Oh yeah, at yeah. A you gotta time. do these things. For this the, many tracks. Bounce this. Yeah. You know, do this. Right. You know. And then um, I'm assuming that's when you started a band too, or you weren't a band before that. No, or? I started playing when I was my stepdad gave me a guitar when I was twelve. Oh cool! There and you go. I started like messing around with it. And eventually I got to a point where I could play something and then then I married it for two years. And then when I was fifteen I switched to bass guitar. I mean I still can if it's got strings on it I can play it right you, now. But you were also a drummer, weren't you not? I was for a very short period, but all the kids in my neighborhood all played guitar. So it was really right. difficult to find people to jam with because oh no, I'm jamming with da 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 and we're doing and because it's just like twelve kids. That all yeah, play thrash guitars. metal guitar, and you know, I was like, I'm gonna try this, and then all of a sudden my phone was ringing, you know, because you're the bass player. I was the only kid in the neighborhood who played right. bass. What, what kind of like year decade was that? Oh, shit, you this would have been because uh, I'm assuming metal was kind of like 90. Yeah, that's like you know, like, yeah, metal was metal. What were the bands back then that were everybody was listening um, to? Well, I would say. We were all listening to a lot of thrash metal and then a lot of like big beat rap music. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. a weird combination, yeah. but like uh, Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer, yeah, um, Exodus, you know, a lot of bands like that. And then Public Enemy, right. <laughs> NWA, you know, it was a weird time. It's weird. All those bands you just mentioned. They're just as big now as they were back then. Well, Run, Isn't that crazy? Run DMC's Raising Hell came out when I was 10, and it changed my life forever, definitely. In terms so, of what, like, the, what they just, were saying or just music? Just musically and yeah. just opened me up to all the, all the styles, whatever. A completely different world. It was totally different. That, uh, yeah, it was completely different from anything I had ever heard yeah. at that time. And then, you know, that kind of music was still really new then. Right. So. So, uh,. How many bands were you in when you were at that, around that time? I mean, not. I wasn't really in bands. You were just jamming around. We, we'd play. I played in front of people for the first time when I was fifteen. Yeah. And then you know, kind of farted around for a while. Yeah. So I mean, like one of the main. And so when did? How did the switch go to like starting to put on shows? Like, which is how we oh, met when you. Did I started putting on shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had That's been how in we met bands you. for a long time, and then. Um. We would play shows, obviously, and then I was in a band that was one of the higher-profile local bands that I was in, and 
we would uh, we were tired of getting jerked around by promoters, basically. So yeah, classic story. I said, I can do this. I don't need these people. So I would contact the venues, and then I would just book my friends' bands, and we would just play, you know? Yeah. And then one day I sat up in bed and was like, well, why do I have to play these all the shows that I'm booking? Right. You know, and so I started doing other shows, and then... What was the first show? You remember? Like, the kind of, like, officially um, first show? Actually, yeah. It's yeah. a really shameful story, so... <laughs> I had this entity that I had created called Homeless One Productions. Yeah, and it was me and my singer Tim from the band I was in at the time called Vagrant. And we had started that. And the first thing we did, because the environment at this time, and you got to keep in mind that I had been playing a lot of shows, but I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing as far as being a promoter. So the first thing we ever did was like this giant pay to play thing. Oh, yeah. All these bands. Yeah, it was ridiculous. We got all these bands to play, and it was a bunch of locals, no headliner. Everybody sold tickets. We made out like bandits. <laughs> the promo- or the venue hated us. The bands looked at us funny, and then we click- quickly realized that this wasn't the formula that was going to work. Right. You know what I mean? So where was that? Which uh, which? It was bar- actually at DPS's. Oh, DPS. That yeah. was your first show, huh? That you booked. The first show that I like actually official, booked that like I wasn't from scratch, playing. From yeah. scratch, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was weird. And the the... Again, pay to play is bullshit. Correct. And that's something that I, you know, came to understand later. Yeah. But, you know, at the time that was kind of the way that things worked in the metal community. And we were just like, okay, well this is how it goes. You got to do this, so let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like the whole battle of the bands mentality, same kind of thing, Right. you know? Right. They already know the winner. There was a lot of weird it was a weird time. So yeah. lines are far more clearly defined now. Right. Our other question: What was your worst show? Would that be the worst one? The worst show I ever played? No, the worst show you ever booked. Well, we oh booker right here. We're talking about your your, your booking life now. The one that you hit in the back. I don't really remember my my beats. I remember my wins usually. So stuff like that. So how about most memorable then? Like win win. The most like this is memorable. This is like I I created this show tonight. Not counting the ones. And I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot, but. You know, there's got to be a few that man. This just is just one, like badass. one, like maybe I don't know. There, it probably wasn't even a dollhead show. Yeah, we did a a thing in uh, 2013 at the Norwalk Moose Lodge. That was a good one. There was two that I did that year. One okay. was a metal show, and one was a punk show. Right. They were both loaded with names. I think Decrepit Birth headlined the metal gig. But there was a lot of good Bone Crusher played that. the punky. Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah. Was, oh, I remember that Warbringer night. Was on yeah, Freddie yeah, recalls it well. clearly. Yes, that's when <laughs> yes. you became acquainted with Bobby Rio. Mr. Bobby Rio. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting story for another podcast, <laughs> I'm sure. But Maybe we'll bring him on as an in- oh, yeah. to interview him. <laughs> Just edit it in later on. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do a video Side with note. subtitles, I think, because right. no one will understand yeah. anything he's saying. Yes, I agree. So uh, we're drinking uh, Fredo's. Fredo's. Classic. Made from uh, coffee and yes. some kind of milk product, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, almond and uh, some honey. Almond and, milk, actually. Um, so this is the time we're going to take a musical break, which is going to be attracted of your choice. Oh, right you're on. Guest. And then uh, cool. we'll come back with uh, more uh, food, I think, and probably travel talk. And that then works. We'll, uh, continue from there. All right.
Now Peter, Piper, Pig Peppers, but run rock, Ron, Humpty, Dumpty, Fell, Down, That's his heart, Time, Jackie, Nimble, what? Nimble, and he was quick, but jam, Mass Mud, Fatsy Jacks, or Jay's dick.
world famous Doll Hut Studios. Doll Hut Studios. And welcome back. You're listening to the Hodge Podcast, a journey through food, music, and travel. Podcasting from beautiful West Anaheim, California at Doll Hut Studios. We are your hosts, Philip and Freddie. And as you may have heard, we have our guest today is Michael McGarvey of the Doll Hut. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like we're more relaxed right now after we ate. Yes. Food drunk. Yes, correct. I think we were all thinking about food the whole time we were talking. I know I was. All right, because of food, this is our food segment here, Mac. Let me ask you a few questions. If you had to pick, what is your favorite food? Clam chowder. Really? Well, damn, yeah. on the fly. I like clam chowder too. Specific though. clam chowder from anywhere? Where's the New England. One? New England? Yes, but. New England style. Who makes there, a good one? Yeah, who, do you get one oh, over man, here on this side of the, of the continent? I, I haven't had like clam chowder where I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. True. So it's kind of like pizza in that way for me where it's there's no such thing as bad, you know. Yeah. Any good clam chowders that you like here though? Like, you know, you want to go uh, there and get clam chowder? I know a place in uh, on the pier there. Redondo, we Redondo Pier. Redondo yeah, makes yeah. some good, good clam chowder. There's a place in Costa Mesa. Nikki got some. Nice. It was uh, it was quite good. Yeah, yeah. It's good when the fresh fresh yeah. pieces in there. Yeah. Um, so, yes, what sir. would you do a uh, uh, dessert if you had to pick one? Like if you're somewhere. Um, it's kind of like a ne- they have everything. Surprisingly enough, I'm not a big sweets guy, but sucker for some chocolate. Chocolate? Yeah. Like, like just like bar? chocolatey chocolate. Like fudge? Of the chocolate. Any like chocolate. Cake. Ice cream chocolate. Right. Double chocolate. Chocolate cake. Right. Chocolate yeah. fudge. Yep. Yeah. Banana covered chocolate. Sure. I don't like those. Sounds all right. I really don't like banana covered desserts. I don't know no. why. Banana. You also don't like nuts and sweets. I so don't. That's weird. I don't like to you know bring the consistency really? of what I'm eating as far as texture goes. Put the nuts on the side. Interesting. Yeah. I don't get it. I'll take my nuts on the side, please. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> so today we made something that may not be a familiar uh, to a table, to an everyday uh, Scottish, Amer- Irish, American. <laughs> oh. Yes, no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but it's something very uh, standard in a, um, in many Middle Eastern households, which spans over five different countries in the Mediterranean. Uh, it could be called a mazé type of thing that we had. and uh, But <clears throat> for uh, many, it's just a standard meal. It's usually breakfast, sometimes lunch, which we did today was kind of lunch. So we had some uh, manaish, which is a baked bread with za'atar, which is you're also familiar with because we have that very right. often. Quite they they often, call it yes. the brain food. Brain food. It's uh, yes. sumac and thyme. It works. I'm feeling smarter. Now. Right? And yeah, sesame's exactly. And it's pretty good. And then... Uh, with uh, uh, we put some ve- cut up some veggies on the side, cucumbers, tomatoes, parsley, carrots. Uh, we also had the labne. Have you had the labne before? The yogurt. No. Which is like uh, sour goat kind of a yogurt kefir kind of thing. It goes well with everything. And uh, of course we had the olives, which were from Turkey, and then we had uh, the olive oil, which was from Syria. Right. Yeah. That was Covered everything. Covered all right? the bases. Yeah, we kind of and the bread was uh, lavash, an Ar- Armenian lavash from uh, right, probably Glendale somewhere. Um, so what did you think of that uh, lunch? I thought it was quite good. Pretend you've never had it before. What would you say? I would say it's great. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. Is it like weird looking for? No. Like. No, it's a myriad of flavors, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite good. Especially the different combinations with the yogurt and the zartar yeah. and the cucumbers. Right. There's no, is there like a, something close to that in like 
I guess American or whatever you're. No. Experience. No, right? It's no. The, how come? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, right? know. Cause we eat so shitty here. What's the standard I breakfast? I mean, we're talking about the eggs. I mean, it's basically an English breakfast, eggs, right. bacon. Yeah. You know, potatoes, potatoes, yeah. lots of potatoes. Just <laughs> good. I like right. that. Too. We don't really do the beans for breakfast here. All you know, right. It's popular almost everywhere else, but yeah. You know. Oh yeah. We do the chickpeas and stuff. Right. Over there, like Egyptian yeah. style food. But, um, yeah, so it was good. Uh, Freddie. Uh, all right. All right. Get I don't think he was listening to anything we just said. No, I zoned out there right, for a second. Yeah. I'm in a food coma. Again, with this, we have to figure out the formula. I can't figure it out. We, we, I, I think don't he know. was talking to Charlie on the talkback mic. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, Charlie. Charlie is is is, uh, is distracting me. So, yeah, what do you think about the food? That's the question, Freddie. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're asking me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, yeah, I, mean I eat that food all the time. Uh, I couldn't live without it, honestly. Uh, I could survive off what we just ate this morning if I, if I had to pick what to eat once for the rest of my life it'd be that yeah yeah what about you the rest of your life one food oh fuck one food for yeah. the rest of yeah. my it life it could be like a thing that's like not one, i don't know not a vegetable i could pick what we just ate i guess yeah. it covers all bases you know? yeah right it lasts longer you know, could eat it morning noon and night yeah it's true do you, know? you do, do you have any um uh shut up charlie do you have any um specialty meals that you like to make or, or actually should rephrase that if you had to cook a meal to impress somebody if i had to cook like a meal Mickey to wants impress yeah, somebody you're gonna, you're gonna, i would definitely go italian italian you can cook probably. italian what yeah, are you gonna make what are you gonna yeah probably lasagna you how do you that? make your lasagna with noodles okay but noodles I mean, what do you want the secrets of the lasagna yeah give us some give yeah, us some like, secrets so okay, we can make first it. thing about a lasagna is you don't cook the noodles you don't boil them before you put them in the pan to bake them no oh we no, put them hard never do that yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's an insider tip right there. That is good. I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. So you, you put a little it. sauce down. Uh-huh. Put your dry noodles, and then you start your layers. However you're gonna do it, cheese, meat, noodles. You go with but like a sauce, bunch of cheeses or just to... one cheese. One cheese or a bunch. Well, of it cheeses. depends. I mean, what kind of lasagna are we doing here? I don't know. You Italian know you lasagna. Gotta impress, impress the lady. Uh, it's like, lasagna. I would do cheese, meat, some kind of vegetable cheese thing, and then more cheese, meat, cheese. Yeah. How about yeah. your sauce? Do you cook it before you put it in, right? Oh, absolutely. And how long does that take? Hours. Like overnight sometimes? No. That's too much for me. No, that's, that's ridiculous. That's what Italians that's do. Make paste. Yeah, well, I don't know. They good, don't do for uh, a good, overnight. A good sauce takes three to four hours. Yeah, Easy. minimum. Yeah. Easy. And you put some uh, garlic in there, oregano. Yeah, and you can overcook uh, tomato sauce, pasta sauce. Yeah, it turns into something you know. else. Yeah, it's... Paste. Turns, you know... Fresh tomatoes, obviously. Right, absolutely. Tomato paste. Yeah. Some uh, coriander. Coriander. Uh, no, not necessarily. That's more of a mid- no. uh, Middle Eastern thing. Well, oregano. What are the oregano. Italian spices? Uh, Pepper. Else. Salt. Basil, maybe. It depends on. Yeah, what probably I'm basil. For, it's the one that says Italian sauce. The spices. That one. I just yeah. put it on there. And then uh, one layer, and then how many? How many pasta layers? I would is go the three. Good? Three is the good one. Three, yeah. And then at the end, is it noodles and then cheese, or is it sauce and cheese? What's the last top? Well, last the top is cheese. would be cheese, sauce, cheese combo on the top, yeah, for sure. Oh, see, okay, double cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see what you're about to cut into. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to make that now. I will. I will now. Yeah, you got to invite us for I dinner. haven't got down for you guys, yeah. like hardcore like that. Right. So. You made some good soups. That was yeah, the, the, the crock pot. I'm a lover of soups, for yeah. sure, so... 
Yeah, it helps. Yeah, I can make some soups. I can cook. Yeah. You know. Everybody can, can cook. cook. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, not everybody is good at it. Right. But obviously. You just get good at it. Just keep I doing think, it. Well, get past some the... people do. Some people don't. Right. I think just people are afraid to cook or they're too lazy. Right. Well, I think fear of the unknown, it stops a lot of people from doing things. But, you know, it's not as hard as you might think. No, it's not. No, no. Um, all right. Now that we're getting more into uh, getting to know you, Mike, I got a few questions. Uh, what's mm-hmm. your hobbies? Give us a hobby. Give us some scoop of, of, of um, the, the personal life of Mr. Okay. Uh, McGarvey. Well, obviously, I music is not only my job, but it's also a hobby. So I like to spend time with my guitar, my harmonica, etc. Listening to music. I like to garden. That's another passion. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about that. All right, shall we? Tell us when did just your gar- passion of gardening start? Well, it was come. it was reinvigorated by you folks when we were together in Boyle Heights. But that's cool. You know, my aunt used to grow tomatoes in her backyard in Long Beach. And, uh, there's a lot of gardens like that in Long Beach, actually, right? right? Like yeah. noticed that, yeah. I was always fascinated by the process of it, you know, like the seed so, going right. Away. And then I started doing it more as an adult, and I realized I was pretty good at it. So, so where you gar- What's the what's our what's the gardening situation at this moment? Wherever I can possibly do it. How many Usually you got? Pots. How many? <laughs> how many you got going right now? I don't know. I think <laughs> technically there's three gardens going. Three gardens? Yeah, like one's a kind of like a farm. One's a Almost. farm, one's a balcony, and one's a needs love. That's, needs yeah. a lot of love. Right. A, yeah, it's the the orphan child. Yeah, so I definitely like to garden. I like film. Oh yeah, I movies. like to take in a lot of movies. Oh, we could plug that if you want. I uh, you, nah, no, okay, nah, I'm nah. keep on the side. Secret. Yeah, but yeah, I like movies a lot. Do you like to jog? I do. You like to you jog? like to jog? Like to jog? I was just kidding. I hate I'd, I'd like you to jog these nuts in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some rock climbing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the, the muscles, absolutely. Are the hand muscles. Right. Australian leg wrestling. What's that? I'm really into that. Like, Google it. I don't want to. <laughs> it's kind of no. It's not. It's one not of those. gonna be weird. It's oh, not okay. one of those. No. <laughs> you just gonna, sit on the ground and wrestle with your legs. You're not gonna drop your phone in disgust. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Um, black until they make a darker one. That's probably. good. Nice. Even though technically, have black, you seen that? Black like is not the, a color. The blackest uh, black they've made. I've seen that thing. Oh. Right. And you are correct. Black is technically not a color. It's yeah, the true. complete absence of color. Of color. White. Or is that what about white? white? I don't know. I think both white. I guess and black if I have to colors. pick an actual color, I'll say green. I wonder why. Okay. Well, a myriad of reasons, Freddie. Myriad really of reasons. Is. Tell us. Um, well, all these phones saved right. by the bell, and I just like green. I like nature. I like plants. I like trees. I like money. You know, green's, green's a, a positive color. color, anyways. Yeah. It's supposed to uh, give a lot of uh, like energy and and right. has a, a neutral. Uh, it has a nature of vibe. So I dig it. Yeah, true. That could be it. All right. Well, yes, yeah. The garden. See. Yeah. You know. What's the most interesting growing uh, plant you've encountered so far? I like peppers because they're so unpredictable. Yeah. They're very hard to grow. They will really throw you a curveball. 
Like, what's the, like how? Well, they're susceptible to disease. They need a specific amount of sun. Right, the different varieties require different sun, different watering, different. And they can last schedules. forever too. They stay up. Like, um, I don't know about forever. Forever. Well, like time. you know, a year it's or two if you if you treat tree, it well. Yeah. Yeah, you can winterize your peppers and bring them back in the spring. Yeah, you that's know, cool. It depends. I know somebody that's had the same cayenne bush in front of his house for like twelve years. Right. He doesn't do anything. It just just grows like a weed. Dies back, grows back every year, drops a bunch of peppers in his. Does he get spicier when it keeps growing, kind of like that? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I know the longer you leave them on the plant, the more of everything they have. Oh, leave them on. They get spicier. The vitamin content is higher. Oh, when they turn redder, it's... Well, yeah, it's like bell peppers. You know, the green, yellow, orange, and red all come from the same plant. It's just a question of how long you left it on there. Right, right. So they start green, and then they go yellow, orange, red. So, and the darker the color, the more vitamin content it has in it, so... There you go. Yeah. All right. That's why the red ones are more expensive in the store because it took them longer to get them. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. I always wondered why. They're super expensive sometimes. Yeah. I was like, I'm green, not gonna. Green is the first opportunity you have to eat them. Yeah. You know, so. But they're so much better when they're orange or yellow or red. They are really. So much I like the like hybrid. A nice droopy red. So good. Red orange sweet pepper. Oh, yeah. Cook it up so with some good. whatever. Yeah. Just eat it. Absolutely. Or dip it that in some hummus. Yeah, just eat it raw. Hummus dip or guacamole yeah. dip. Yeah. yeah. There you go. We're getting hungry. We just again, ate huh? and we're talking about versatile pepper. Yeah. You know. It's good. It's crunch. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's go the opposite. What do you, what's your hated food? What's like, it's what's disgusting. I do not what want do I, that. I'm not eating this ever again. Hmm, nothing jumps you off. You ever, when you were a kid, were you ever forced to eat something? Mm, no, I didn't grow up in that kind of house. No, huh? It's like no, just it's survival like of a, the fittest. Or like a hunter gatherer. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, eat what? Yeah. What? Are, <laughs> what is available for me to find on my own? Basically. Just kind of microwave it and eat it. You know, yeah, you, know. you know, I haven't used a microwave in, I think, about seven years now. Good for you. That's a while. I think. Good for you. I'm trying to figure out exactly when the last time it was. It was when we were living in Canada. It so. just tastes better not to use it. You know, just the, unrelated to the potential health risks of a there's definitely radio waves. You live in the greater Los Angeles area. Oh, they got a nice yeah. palm tree that you know looks I mean? like a. There's a cell phone tower less than 50 yards from where yeah. you're sitting. That's enough for me to deal you know with. I mean, so. You might as well cut out the microwave, too. Right. Tinfoil hats. Tinfoil Coming hats soon. all around. 5G, watch out. In a world where tinfoil hats are king. Why don't they make that? There was one man. <laughs> His name. His name was Phil. Am I the one with the hat or without the hat? That was actually, that's my like life's dream actually is to do, is Boy. to be the guy that does the movie thing. You should do it. Or like the guy that announces the Laker game. Not the guy on TV, but the guy at, at the, the, at the, the game, game yeah. that's calling the game for the crowd. Oh, you yeah. Know what I mean. You can talk fast sp- like that? Like Now starting at guard for your Los Angeles Lakers. No, it's, like it. it's not, not that, the guy yeah. that on TV or on the radio. Oh, right. But when you're actually in the arena. And they're coming out. And then Jordan scores and he goes, Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Announces who scored or fouls. Foul on Vladi Divac. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you're good at that, Mike. How do you get that job? How, who do you have to talk to? You got to know somebody, yeah, obviously. Yeah, inside job for I sure. I haven't seen that in the one ads ever. <laughs> no. You know, it's like the guy that plays the organ at Dodger Stadium. I think he like yeah. wills the job to the next person. Yeah, like you know, on his deathbed, right. kind of like signs yeah, it over. To his grandchild. cousin Charlie will be the next organ player. He can build organs. Yeah, it's like a kingship. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you just pass it on down. <laughs> That's a good, cool job. But yeah, I, I, I would love to be able to do voiceover work. I don't have a very versatile voice, but it's well. You can train it. You pretty learn. distinct. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's clear. Right. Yeah. You know, it's got the low, right? Like, <clears throat> authoritative <throat> feel. I suppose. Sure. I guess that's what they want, or something. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Well, if you're a voiceover uh, agent, we have a yes. If you work in the industry, the world will listen to this. And you are a talent scout, and you like what you hear, then call Phil, and he'll let me know. Yes. All right. Dollhut Studios. Yeah, call the studio line. Yeah. Book it. Dollhutstudios.com it is. Um, All right, we'll take a quick break again, and uh, we'll come back and finish our conclusions. And uh, once again, this was the Hodge Podcast, and another word from our sponsor. All right. Word up from our sponsor. Yo, man, our band needs a new demo, but I don't want to pay through the ass for it. Bro, we've been playing a lot of gigs, and we need to work on writing this album, and we need our own monthly lockout. Hey, man, my grandma says we can't practice in the garage anymore. (laughs) Have any of your band members ever said some shit like this? We've got you covered. DHS Rehearsal and Recording is a full-service recording studio. Hourly rehearsal space with monthly lockouts available, located directly next to the Doll Hut Live Music Venue in beautiful Anaheim, California. Centrally located right off the 5 Freeway in Lincoln Avenue. Open seven days a week. Give us a call at 714-855-2535 at 714-855-2535 or visit us online at dollhutstudios.com Facebook and Instagram at dollhutstudios Alright, welcome everybody you're listening to the Hodge Podcast a journey through food, music, and travel Hodgecast The Hodgecast we're going to rename it today as, as the Hodgecast we're broadcasting live from beautiful West Anaheim, California at Dollhut Studios we are your hosts, Philip and Freddie. So clearly, we have all these bands and friends involved in the scene, attentively listening to this uh, pod, to this episode. Right. And, uh, of course, they're, they're edge just, of their seat. Every and, Thursday night, they're yeah, waiting. They're waiting for the next words of wisdom from you, so they can get their band to the next biggest show. Obviously, I think that's how it works, right? Uh, what would you? What would? It, what advice would you give the guy or the girl that's starting a new band? Let's go from there. Like what? What? What's the one thing they? they you know must everything do first. Mike, so. and you know like, it all. Okay. First and always, you got to do Someone that's starting a new band, or yeah. someone that's booking shows. We or started what's a band. What's what should we do first and always? What's the thing? Advice. To, well, there's steps. Obviously, you're right, starting right. a new band. Right. Okay. So what? What? Write we, songs. Well, that's good. Then, yeah. And make sure they don't suck. No sucky songs. Right. Now, as far as once you've established yourself and you can play together and you're ready to play out or record an album and do stuff, there's a lot of things that you can avoid. Yeah, exactly. Why do you avoid? Being, well, let's use a broad brush here. Generally, being a douchebag is a bad idea. Not well, a good not a Because good idea. you never know who it is exactly that you're pissing off. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, especially around here. Because Harry. everybody knows everybody, and you never know who you're talking to. No, it's a small scene. You know what I mean? I could be talking to, you know... The head of Interscope fucking records, for all I know, and you have no idea. It's I like, have no idea who it is. Yeah, they could be anywhere. You too. know what I mean? Unless it's a like someone in the eye, in the music business, somebody in a band, higher profile producer, 
somebody that's known. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It, yeah. So be nice to everybody. Right. Be courteous. Be humble. Yeah. No, no matter how good you think you are, stay small. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've told a lot of guys, I'll see you on the way down. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everything comes down. It's true. And they start to take off. Their head gets big. I'm touring the world now. And then two years later, he's working at fucking Wendy's. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. stay humble. Don't be a jerk. When you message a promoter for a show, just give him the information that he wants. He doesn't want five songs, links to your SoundCloud, and your reverb, and your MySpace, and your this, and right. your that, and your website. It's too much. And a four-page paragraph on how cool your band is. He wants to know what kind of music it is, where you're from, and how many people you're going to bring. The last being That's very all. important. The That's key all the show. a local promoter is ever going to want to know yeah. about your band if he's never seen it before. Now, do you make up that you like round up and be like, "Oh yeah, we can bring like fifty, hundred people." No, like, always, you, always be honest. Well, you just started though. What are you going to? How are you going to? How are you going to get? Be honest. A show if you just you, started. Well, everybody knows how many friends they have. Right. You know what I mean? If everybody got together a drinking party on a Friday night, they'd get a rough idea of how many people are going to show up. Yeah. Everyone knows how many people they can fucking bring. Yeah. You know what I mean? And never lie. Never say you can draw 50 people when you draw 20. Right. Never say you can draw 10 when you draw two. We're talking about a club and a bar scene here. This isn't, you're not playing arenas and shit. Yeah. And you're, you know, this is. Every one counts. Right. If you can bring two people, tell them. They'll respect the fact that you were honest, for one. Yeah. And if they like the music, they'll still put you on something decent. Yeah. I put bands that don't draw on all kinds of shit because they're good. You know, so start your own band, you know, write your songs. And then from there, when you establish yourself, uh, be nice, be honest to people. Okay. And about the songs that suck thing. Yes. I should kind of elaborate on that. Anyone who has ever attempted to write a song for, you know, continuous time understands your first 30 songs. Just say, just to give an arbitrary number. Yeah. They're the best are, ones, right? No, they're going to suck. <laughs> oh, okay. They're going to be horrible. You know what I mean? Because it's a learning process. Now, every once in a while, somebody hits gold or they've been around songwriting enough to understand how it works. You know what I mean? Or they've taken a theory class or there's something that gave them some kind of advantage. Right, formula. People sitting down trying to write songs, you don't really kind of get it. You know what I mean? And you do have to write a lot of songs to find good songs. What about using the standard formula quotation marks that like this is how you write the song? You talking about what we learned in... Structures? Commercial yeah. A, B, A, B. Should we do that? A, B, C. Commercial should, songwriting should class that yeah. I had to take for my yeah. Is there? Um, well, there's there's definitely a formula to it. Yeah. Are we talking about commercial friend radio friendly? Well, I mean that's what's one thing a band should have, stuff? right? You know, well, I mean, it depends, man. What, what are you trying to do? We're trying you know to do. I mean? You're trying to be a band for like those. Okay. You're trying, trying, trying to make it. You're trying to make it. You're trying to make it. That's what you want to do. Or you're trying to be an artist with integrity, because you can't really do both. No. It doesn't happen very often. It's very rare. You know what I mean? So you either need to play to what's popular and I mean, hope if, for the best and pray that you have everything lined up, but it's still like if you're playing, If you're playing to make it, then you're doing it for the wrong reason, really. At the if you're day. playing to make it, then go on American Idol or yeah. The Voice or some of this other shit. You know what I mean? And try your luck there. And if you want to make it as a musician, you need to get in with certain people and start filling in on projects 
start touring with yeah, bands. That's when ta- your and you start making come stuff in. up. I'm not going to name her name, but I know somebody that was in a local band, right? Yeah. And she was an excellent guitar player. No one had any idea who she was. She played on Wednesday nights with her band at some shitty little place in Pomona that I was booking, right? Yeah. Way back when. Now she is a guitar player for a major artist. Okay. Right. And yeah. she's on magazine covers. That's you made know it. I mean? you know, and and she, she definitely has. Worked for it. You know? Right. You know what I mean? But a lot of it's like winning the lottery. Yeah. I mean, she's one out of how many guitarists? You well, know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, it, it really is like, you know, winning a jackpot. Right. Because you have to have everything lined up. You have to have all the pieces. Yeah. You have to have the talent, the charisma, and then you have to be in the right place at the right time. Right. There's that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're having a bad day at the wrong time oh, or you no. break two fucking strings during the same song or you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of things that could keep it from happening. So right. it's kind of like getting struck by lightning, I guess. And the way that the music industry is set up now, no one really makes it. No. You know what I mean? Because, you know, digitizing media and the internet and has just changed yeah, the whole so game. much more access to you know more what I mean? music. Yeah, music is so disposable now. Yeah. You know, well, I don't want to use that word, but that's really what it is. No, it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. it's easy to get. Most of the time it's free, unfortunately. Yeah, YouTube for, or whatever. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I've heard people of the younger generation that were like, pay for music. What is that? CDs. You know what I mean? So <laughs> That's a concept that doesn't happen anymore. It's all given away. No, it's it doesn't away. because, you know, it's Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, Whatever streaming service yeah. they're, they're I was using. at the Addicts the other day. The cheapest thing on the merch table was vinyl and CD. Right. It was like 10 bucks and 15 bucks. Right. Everything, like the merch was more expensive than. Right. That's crazy. I love vinyl. Yeah. I love analog sounds because there's no space between zero and one. So when you listen to a digital recording, it's, it's, not, it's not as full as it can no, be. No, it's not. I don't know what the percentages are on what sounds you're actually hearing. And right. I'm not fucking Neil Young, but. You know, it, it sounds different. It, I agree. It's warmer. It's sound, it sounds more real. Right, because you're hearing everything. Yeah. It's it's playing off of the real thing. And right. luckily, off of the thing. Right. Although Versus. although it's like becoming more digital music out there. At the same time, uh, record uh, vinyl sales are actually coming more. Yeah, and more vinyl sales higher. are going up. And In the last a, few a years, large, actually. Well, yeah, a large part of that is that's the only physical, tangible thing you can buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not making CDs the way they used to. No. Cassettes are not a thing. You know, if you want to buy something, like, and actually touch it and put it on a machine and make it make music, then the vinyl's the only really thing you can do. And it sounds cool, you know? Right. Like, just, I know people love that stuff, you know? What's it's, your favorite uh, vinyl record you got? My favorite vinyl? Yeah. Do you have one? Mm, not necessarily. I mean, what's my favorite connect- album collection? to listen on vinyl? Yeah. I have a very small collection, yes. Okay. Yeah. And your favorite al- album? On vinyl, yeah. mm-hmm. probably Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. I haven't heard oh, that, that on vinyl yet. sound really good, huh? Wear headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on the turntable. Just sit back. And don't do anything else. And be blown away. A little baggy or something. All right, be blown all right. away. I mean, obviously, unless you want to do the real raw <laughs> You probably don't need it you know? either. No, it'll kind of put you in that yeah. state. But Sounds nice. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, Led Zeppelin's first album on vinyl was really fucking good. Oh, that'd be loud probably, huh? Yeah. Um, How about non-vinyl favorite album? What's my favorite record of all time? Yes, of all time. Oh, yeah, good question. Oh, God. (laughs) 
I hate those questions too. I know. I hope, I hope I don't get asked these questions. What's your well. favorite pizza? Exactly. Right. Everything. Um, I want to say an uh, album called Signals by a band called Rush. All right. Oh, yeah. Which is obviously it's not the best record to ever be made, but it's probably my favorite album. It's going to keep playing over and over kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm a huge Rush fan though. Yeah. And Rush is a give it or leave it kind of band. Right. Yeah. Either you love thing. them or you're like, fuck that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's no gray area. It's hard to say fuck that, but I mean, no people, I know what we mean. Yeah. I think the captain's about to speak. Is he? I just heard the ding. Yeah. I heard the ding. I heard the ding. We're running out of time, but I have... We're landing. Uh, uh, please uh, put your seatbelts on. Some show etiquette real quick. We're talking about shows. We're talking about live music. Show etiquette for bands. Etiquette show for, etiquette for oh, bands. Yeah, yeah. Get please. on and off the stage on time. with oh. a sense of urgency. Right. Like your ass is on fire. Right. If you play drums, do not break your kit down on the damn stage. No. Straight off Take the stage. Take it off the stage. Be courteous of the other people that are playing the show. Don't go over your time. Do you don't actually... Don't be an asshole really covers most things in life. It does. It's a nice life. blanket. You know what I mean? I think we're going to call the episode Don't Be an Asshole. Yeah. Like as a, the title. Yeah. You know, some of the other things. From someone who's a notorious asshole. <laughs> yes. Which would be me. How ironic. So, so take yeah. that, you know? Right. Also, you know, stick around for all the bands. Uh, promote each other. I know sometimes it's hard. You have to well, work. Well, okay. Show I get it. The, curtis, the yeah. customary is that you're there be, at least the band before and the band after you. You gotta watch. One it. of your members should be there for the entire show. Yeah. At least one. Yeah, keep one you know of the guys on. Yeah. Look, when I was coming up, when you went to a show, that's what you did. You didn't go to dinner at Eddie's and then drinks with Tina and then this show for 10 minutes and then we're going to end up at this bar downtown. No. You didn't do that shit. You went to the fucking show. Doors at 7, first band at 8.30. It's over by midnight. That's what you're doing yeah, the for whole the next thing is a show. five like hours. The, it's just one, not one you know band. I mean? So... It's not like it used to be, though. No, there's too know. many things going on uh, for everybody to keep track, right. and of, they need they yeah. they, they need a right. lot of stimulating. And every every show, every venue has parking lot warriors. You know what I mean? Just chilling, drinking. Well, yeah, people. Well, not necessarily, but people that hang out until the band they want to see goes on. They oh, go yeah. inside and then they watch. Them. What do you do with that? You can't really control them if they're no, your you fans. No, you can't control them, but you can do your best to build shows that you know everyone wants to right. see from at least that genre so you say you have band z and then you want to book like mini z's around them so that you know people are aware. keep something get yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah styles or whatever right, kind absolutely. of people so now let's just rewind back out of the music thing so the, for the everyday person i'm going to wrap this up too while we're at it so what's one piece of wisdom you can part with like to help and motivate listeners like given today's like weird, uh, uneasy climate, let's say, or uncertain future, or you know, like things are weird. Like, so what would you? How things are weird now? Things are weird. Now. I mean, they were when always I, weird, when right? I was in, when I was in grade school, <laughs> yeah, we had drills. They would blast these sirens, and we'd have to hide under our desk because there was a real threat of the Russians nuking us into fucking annihilation. Right. That's things that's, are not weird now. People are just crybabies. Right. So. So, so what's what do you tell those people? What do you tell the normal person who be, who, be discerning, be okay. respectful of other people and their opinions because they have a right to them. Right. Just because you feel a certain way about something doesn't mean you're correct. It just means that's how you feel about it. Yeah. What so, if you feel you're correct and like the other person is clearly not right, but what do you do then? Well, just like anything else, you just I personally don't get into battles like that. 
Yeah. If the person that I'm speaking to isn't hearing me, right. I stop talking. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So, but if you're referring to today's political climate, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Things are a little weird. They right? are. They are yeah. uh, but be respectful of your fellow human being and remember that they're a person. Exactly. You know, and stop calling each other fucking names all the time. Yeah. You know, be a fucking man. Look people in the eye when you shake their hand. Oh, that's a good one. That's a, that's, that's a solid a life advice right yeah. there. Start with that. How about right. that person who's down on their luck and they're like, just want to give up? What do you tell that person? This too shall pass. This too shall Straight pass. Straight to the point. I like it. Yeah. Well, I think all that's right. our show, folks. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, it was Mac, the Hodge Podcast. It was truly a pleasure, it, gentlemen. Thank it you. It was an it was honor fun. to have you. Uh, we're learning as we go. So th- you guys are you are a guinea pig. We had Sal last week. He was a blast, too. Yeah. Um, Good old Sal. Uh, if uh, anybody in the Anaheim area, Orange County area, LA area, we are at Dollhead Studios. Uh, this building is here for all your musical needs, podcasting, recording. Where are your hosts, Philip and Freddie? This was the Hodge Podcast, a journey through food, music, and travel. Podcasting from beautiful West Anaheim, California at Dollhead Studios. All right, the Hodge means a pilgrimage, and this is the story we we're here to give to you. A small taste of our travels, the music, and the beautiful people we encounter. Until Til next time. time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Salute. Salam alaikum. Ciao. Adios. And all the best. Salami cheese and crackers. Thank you.
Before we let you go, we wanted to say that this Saturday is Mac's five-year anniversary, and what a coincidence that we're releasing his uh, interview on this podcast that we're doing. So we are honored to have him on our show, and we are honored to be part of this journey with him. And uh, big congratulations to Mac's five-year anniversary at the Dollhut. Mike, wishing you many more years to come. And great success. 